It's January 19th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Cottonor. Grant Haver is on assignment today. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, who is one of the first members of her generation elected as a national leader and became a global icon of the left, said Thursday she was leaving office after five and a half years. Ardern was praised around the world for her handling of the nation's worst ever mass shooting and the early stages of the coronavirus pandemic. But she was facing mounting political pressures at home and a level of vitriol from some that hadn't been experienced by previous New Zealand leaders. Ardern was lauded globally for her country's initial handling of the coronavirus pandemic after New Zealand managed to stop the virus at its borders for months but she was forced to abandon that zero-tolerance strategy as more contagious variants spread and vaccines became widely available. Ardern faced growing anger at home from those who opposed coronavirus mandates and rules. A protest against vaccine mandates that began on Parliament's grounds last year lasted for more than three weeks and ended with protesters hurling rocks at police and setting fires to tents and mattresses as they were forced to leave. This year, Ardern was forced to cancel an annual barbecue she hosts due to security fears. Francis Lamond is reporting that a day of strikes and protests kicked off in France Thursday, set to disrupt transport and schooling across the country in a trial for government as workers oppose a deeply unpopular pensions overhaul. The changes presented by President Emmanuel Macron's government last week would raise the retirement age for most people to 64 from 62 and increase the years of contributions required for a full pension. France's trade unions immediately called for a mass mobilization, which would be the first time they have united since 12 years ago when the retirement age was hiked from 62 to 60. The strikes are expected to bring much of the capital's public transport to a standstill, and a halt to a large proportion of trains throughout France. According to Reuters, Ukraine pleaded on Thursday for the West to finally send it heavy tanks as the defense chiefs of the United States and Germany headed for a showdown over weapons that Kyiv says could decide the fate of the war. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was in Germany on Thursday to meet new Defense Minister Boris Pistorius just hours after Pistorius was sworn into office. Both will convene dozens of allies to pledge weapons at the United States' Ramstein Air Force Base, a meeting billed as a chance to provide the arms to shift the war's momentum in 2023. A big pledge of tanks requires resolving a standoff between Washington and Berlin, which has so far blocked allies from sending its Leopard 2 tanks. Washington and many Western allies Say the Leopards, which Germany made in the thousands during the Cold War and exported to its allies, are the only suitable option available in big enough numbers. Elsewhere, Political Europe reports that European Parliament President Roberta Metzola declared 142 gifts she received on a public register for MEPs in a move that laid bare the limited transparency rules at the EU institution. Metzola, a Maltese MEP from the center-right European People's Party group, entered the gift she received in an official public record that lawmakers rarely update. In doing so last week, however, 
she missed the deadline for MEPs to declare their gifts in relation to 125 of the items on her list. The emergence of Metzola's gifts comes at a highly sensitive time for the EU Parliament. The institution is battling to reestablish its credibility amid a police investigation into allegations that senior Brussels figures were involved in corruption, money laundering, and participation in a criminal organization. Al Jazeera is reporting that at least two people have been killed and dozens injured in a stampede at a stadium in Basra, southern Iraq, ahead of the Arabian Gulf Cup final. The Iraqi Interior Ministry told Al Jazeera that two people had died and about 80 have been injured in the stampede on Thursday. Thousands of fans without tickets had gathered outside the stadium since dawn in the hope of watching the rare home international match. An AFP photographer inside the stadium said the turnstiles were still closed when the stampede broke out. Sirens blared as ambulances arrived to ferry the injured to the hospital. It's the first time since 1979 that Iraq has hosted the tournament. Decades of sanctions on Iraq had prevented the country from hosting any sporting activities. Poland is ready to go it alone and send tanks to Ukraine, even without Germany's permission, Polish Prime Minister Matus Morawiecki said on Wednesday. Poland had pledged to send 14 Leopard 2 tanks to Ukraine, but since the tanks are German-made, it needs Berlin's approval, which Chancellor Olaf Scholz has yet to provide. Consent is a secondary issue here, Morawiecki told Poland's public radio broadcaster whilst returning from Davos, where he was attending the World Economic Forum. We will either get this agreement quickly or we will do the right thing ourselves, the prime minister added. Several of Germany's European allies have been asking Berlin to approve the re-export of its Leopard 2 tanks to Ukraine, but the German government itself is waiting on the United States to make the first move. The AP reports that two Iranian-born Swedish brothers were given lengthy prison sentences on Thursday for spying for Russia and its military intelligence service, GRU, for a decade. The oldest of the two naturalized Swedes, Payman Kia, was sentenced to life, while his younger brother, Payam Kia, was sentenced to nine years and ten months. They had appeared before the Stockholm District Court, where they faced charges of having worked jointly to pass information to Russia between September 28, 2011 and September 20, 2021. The Stockholm District Court said that Kia was the driving force in their joint crime, while the involvement of Kia was of lesser relative importance. Almost the entire trial was held behind closed doors, and much of the information from the preliminary investigation is secret. In lighter news, according to the Straits Times, a central London district famous for its nightlife, but also home to thousands of residents, is trying out a novel way to tackle the persistent problem of public urination with so-called anti-pee paint. Officials in Soho, a warren of bars, restaurants, theaters, and other entertainment venues, as well as apartments and houses, are treating walls at nearly a dozen problem sites with the special spray-on liquid. The industrial strength surface protection creates a transparent water-repellent layer that splashes back urine when it hits, providing instant payback for offenders. 
Westminster City Council has launched the initiative following complaints from some of Soho's approximately 3,000 residents, as well as from workers and business operators. Contractors erect signs at targeted sites saying they have been sprayed and the message, this wall is not a urinal. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune in to our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.